You woke? Time to get up. Welcome to Thought You Were Woke No Speed Limit Podcast. I am your host, Alvin. I hope you are having a wonderful day. Today, I got multiple subjects I want to talk about. At some point, we're going to talk about our wonderful comedian friend. Uh, wow, and the trouble he's in. Uh, we're going to talk about ESPN uh, information. Uh, also, I got some local stuff from where I come from that is important for the national talk. But let's get started with the talk for the day. So, I just got through watching Jimmy Kimmel. He was playing the Generation Gap game. I thought it was funny because he had a baby boomer on there in the Gen Z. We live in an amazing time. There are actually Gen Z still alive and there's some... I mean, I mean, the baby boomers, that's the youngest generation. Then there's war generation folks who are still alive today. Uh, even now, these are the older generations. These are the retirement age generations. These are my parents' generation. We also have Gen X, uh, millennials and Gen Z. Soon we're going to have another generation coming up after that. Only reason I'm bringing that up and, uh, I think it's an important subject is somehow the Gen Z generation gets forgotten. That's people in my age range. They're in their 50s, 40s, early 40s to, 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 to the late 50s right now. Um, most of us were born between 65 and 83. Millennials were 83 to like 92, I believe. 83 to 92. About 10 year, it's always a 10 year period. So 83 to 93. Uh, that was, um, uh, then, then of course, after that is, uh, Gen Z. So the reason why I bring that up, and I know some people are like, why are you talking about that? Why are you talking about? Because Gen Z, Gen X somehow forget, is forgotten. Why? Because our parents are still running the country. Our parents are still running the country. Look at Biden. He's president of the United States. Trump was the president last time. Obama was the closest to our generation. I mean, actually, he would—he was, you know, he—he's basically just barely out of our generation because he's in his sixties. Uh, he's a gap baby, so he's kind of in between generations. But they still run the country. Look at Nancy Pelosi, Schumer, Chuck Schumer, or Millie Mouth Mitch. They're all baby boomer age and older. Those are the people running the country. Sure, there are some Generation X uh, people mixed in, younger folks, but they aren't really the top dogs in the country right now. Then you got the millennials. Millennials are running strong. They're, They're on the internet. They got podcasts just like mine. And then you got the Gen Z's coming along. So we're kind of like that forgotten generation. You know, we come from the yuppie years, the yuppie generations that came right before us. And we were in the, we're in that generation right there. 
90s was our stronghold. 80s to 90s. Late 80s, 90s. That was our stronghold. You know, we were doing the, you know, NWA, uh, Metallica, uh, all those groups back then. That was us. That was my generation. But we get forgotten in the fold. Sometimes, how do we think? Our thought process, for the most part, is like our parents, but we also kind of lean towards where the millennials are. We have that kind of open-mindedness that the millennials do. Myself, personally, I can't speak for all Generation X people. Some of my views are the same as the millennials, but it can also be more like the baby boomers, especially when it comes to religion, uh, how you how you raise your kids. I don't see anything with spanking a couple of bottoms. I don't. That's not child abuse. Not getting out the comb and the brush and the belt and all that stuff. Now that's a problem. Putting your hands on your child, that's a problem. A little paddle to the booty, it ain't gonna hurt no child. A little spanky spank. Uh, so that's my generation. My generation is a little different than the other generations. I find it quite amazing though, like that game, they skipped all over our generation. There was no questions about G.I. Joe or uh, 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 or even about the music of our of our generation. Hello, 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 hello. You know, none of that. They didn't talk about the music from our generation. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. Nobody knows about that, I guess. You know, it's like they just skipped over our generation. I was thinking about that today. It's like our generation gets skipped over. I always talk about millennials. What millennials, the baby boomers always talk about millennials. Those daggum millennials. Generation gets stepped over because, hey, daddy, you still run the country. When I guess Generation X is still basically like living at home. I don't know. I don't know. You know, we're trying to make it on our own. We're that generation, you know, the millennials and the Gen Z's are the ones who are going to be the movers and shakers. The Gen X folks were the first lat uh, latchkey kids, but they're not the generation that are movers and shakers and making all the jobs. We were, we're busy trying to work and we went to college because dad, mom and dad said the best jobs come from college. Now these kids come along like, well, mom and dad went to college. You see where they are. Why don't we just get our own business going? The baby boomers, eh, they were kind of in between that too. They were the, they came from that generation of the 60s back when they were motivated in civil rights and all those marches and stuff. That's my mom's generation, baby boomers. They did all those wonderful things. Gen X, well, we weren't motivated to do all those things. We had Rodney King. We had the LA riots. We had, uh, you know, uh, we had things that happened. OJ, uh, Oklahoma Park bombing, the Olympic Park bombing, Oklahoma bombing, all that happened during us. The first World Trade Trade Center bombing happened in, during our generation, but that did uh, The first Gulf War happened in our generation. Another generation, the millennials were coming about by the time the uh, second Gulf War happened. By the time the World Trade Center happened, they were, you know, we were 27, 28 years old, trying to live our lives, trying to get ourselves going when that happened. 
But we're kind of that forgotten generation. We weren't the activist generation. The millennials were. Black Lives Matter. Millennials. Uh, you know, Occupy Wall Street. Yeah, it was a mixture of millennials and Gen X. That was our biggest thing. Million Man March happened in our time. And that still had a lot of baby boomers in it. It was led by baby boomers, not led by young people, not Gen Xers. Now we're involved in the fight for Black Lives Matter. We're, we're out there, our voices are out there, but really we're the like, forgotten generation. That's just something that happened, I guess. I mean, our voices are kind of just like pushed to the side. I don't know, I don't know. But we're still important to the movement. We're still important to whatever happens in this country. You can't forget about our generation. So moving on to the next topic, let's talk about uh, Sage Steele, ESPN analyst. I think she's a good analyst. I think she's a good ESPN analyst. Um, she made some pretty controversial statements that has just motivated some of the most racist right-wingers in the world. They love what she said. Tucker Carlson's, uh, you know, Ben Shapiro's of the world. They love that kind of stuff. I'm sure Larry Elder does too. Well, basically what she said, let me give you part of what she said, okay? One statement she said that uh, she was talking about and this part, I agree with her. You know, in every application, you got to put your race. You got to put what race you are on the application. Why Why should you? You shouldn't have to have an application with race. But we live in America where a company has to put down statistical numbers to show that they hire African-Americans. Why? Because we live in a racist country where when black people put in an application in some places, they don't get the job. Now, McDonald's, sure. Walmart, sure. But walking to a Bank of America or uh, e-commerce place, if, you ain't, if you're trying to get a job other than a cashier, you might have a little bit of a problem. You know, Home Depot, no problem. Home Depot got black executives. Walmart's got some black executives, not very many. Target, some black executives. But you walk into a place like Bank of America, uh, Wells Fargo, Wells Fargo even, this, the the, the CEO of the company talked about the difficulties in hiring African-Americans. <laughs> so, you know, so, but here's the thing. When you, you get this application and it says on the application, um, what's your race? Indicate your race, black, white, Latino. And then when you put in black, then it says, are you black and Latino? They need to know specifics. Are you Native American, Asian? So I do have a problem with that. And the reason why is because of the, what it is, what it stands for. It means that in the United States, there, you know, racism is a problem. I'm sure in Europe, you may have to do the same thing. They need this, uh, uh, they have to put this, census, this uh, statistical information about uh, what ethnicity they have working there and the number of this ethnicity. And then, you know, you have that big sign that says equal opportunity employer in your business, whether that's true or not, right? So, 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 so here, here we go with that, right? So getting back to steel, 
getting back to Steel. Because Sage Steel basically said that, but then she went on to say, well, you know, Obama might have to check African-American, but why would he say that? Because he wasn't raised by his African-American parents. He was raised by his white parents. So, you know, he might have to put, why wouldn't you put that on his application? Then she went on to talk about Kamala Harris too. She said Kamala Harris, well, you know, her parent, her father's Jamaican. Her mom's, she was raised by her mom and she was Indian. So why would she have to put that on there? I get what she's saying, but at the same time, no. And so the day I was watching Facebook and there was some racist post on there from one of my, one of the people I know, I'm not going to say who their name is. I won't do that to them. But anyway, the post basically was talking about how, why would Kamala Harris even call herself an African American? She's Jamaican and, and uh, Indian. <laughs> the arrogance, right? So let's understand something about Jamaican. A little, a little bit of history. Jamaica was an American colony of the British. Uh, it may have been of the Spanish at one time or the French, but it was a, a British colony. Okay, this co this island at one time was occupied by Native Americans, not black people. So the black people that came there were originally slaves brought from Africa, right? Right. They may be Jamaican, but they were slaves originally bought from Africa to Jamaica by white men who want to make money and have free labor to make their money and who needed to get you know, people to cook and clean for them at their house that they decided they, they asked couldn't work in, right? Right. So, so, so come on, I mean, Harris says she's African-American, that's fine. Now, if you're talking about nationality, I understand Jamaican-American, black American, you know, some people don't like that. Like I said, I don't like applications with the whole race thing on it. I understand why they do it, but I hate it. I hate the fact that you have to even indicate that on an application. I'm with y'all on that. But the reasons why we do it should be apparent. Now, she went on to make some other controversial statements that I didn't think were so controversial at all. She was talking about the way women dress. She said that sometimes you know that women dress a certain way because they're trying to get a certain... People see I dress sexy so that people can see that I dress sexy. Me and my wife were talking about this, that, you know, there's certain women out there, they they make their a certain way they dress, they look. So then they there's an expectation that there's some foolish men out there. And I'm not going to say it, 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 you know, just because a woman dressed a certain way doesn't mean she wants a certain attention, right? But then again, why would you dress that way if you don't want the attention? So that's the question that comes up. It's kind of controversial what I just said. Very controversial. That does not mean that I'm going to the point where I'm saying it's right. Because, man, we have to kind of behave ourselves, like really behave ourselves, because you can end up on the short stick of that end in jail. And you deserve the ridicule you get if you do something you ain't got no business doing, right? But at the same time, a woman that dress sexy, she's going to get looks. Men are going to look at her. There might be a couple that say something. The worst thing a man can do is touch that woman. All those are not great, but that happens. Battle of the sexes, so to speak. 
But like I said, she said some controversial things and she's apologized for it. Uh, that's what it says here. According to CNN, uh, she, uh, apologized for what she said. So, you know, she's in trouble for that. For what reason? I don't know, but she has a right to say what she said. I don't have a problem with it. She said it. It's not so controversial, but here's another thing that I don't like. People are tend to come out and remember how, what they did to Jamil Hill, who was honest or she was factual. What she said, I don't agree with everything. I don't even agree with everything that Sage Steele said, but, and then let me tell you this, cause I forgot to say that she talked about Obama, his father was from Africa, so he does have a right to say African-American on his application if he so chooses. It's not about who he was raised by. It's about what he decides he wants to put on his application, right? That's his business, not anybody else's but his. So I'm going to say that. So then we're going to move on to this, you know. Okay, say still say what she said. She was not totally right by what she said. I'm not going to say she was. But at the same time, they came after her when there was another ESPN analyst who got on there and was talking about how ESPN was hiring African-Americans. Oh, they got her too, but they slowly pushed her out. This is called big controversy. It's on CNN. It's all over the news. It's everywhere. I guess because her face is more famous, I guess. Maybe that's what it is. But it seems like they come out harder after African-Americans when they say something controversial. Jamil Hill lost her job. Meanwhile, Tucker Carlson, God, I said I was never going to say his name. And Ben Shapiro are all over the place making all kinds of money and on all kinds of networks. And it's okay for them to say all the racist crap they say all day, every day. Hadn't seen y'all ban them yet. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. All right. Here goes my next commentary for the evening. Dave Chappelle has gotten himself in trouble for some of the things he said about the LGBT community. Okay, so I don't know the full details of this one because I haven't had a chance to watch the Netflix show yet. But I do know that one of the statements he was somehow has upset the LGBT community was he was talking about uh, a particular woman who was talking about the fact that naturally born women have babies that it takes a naturally born man and a naturally born woman to have babies that that's something that a woman created at the point of a knife <laughs> that's the worst way to say that but a, a trans woman doesn't have that ability or a trans man doesn't have that ability now trans man can have a baby if the sperm is given to them because they still have the women parts i guess that's how that works um, but they can't have babies as in trans women cannot birth a baby. I mean, they can't pr have a pregnancy, so on and so forth. So he made some controversial statements about that. Uh, another one was in, in defense of one, uh, of a transsexual woman who supported him. Chappelle said that the LGBT community came after him about, and then I believe it was one other joke he made that... I'll have to look that one up. Uh, 
And of course, now there's a call from people in social media to ban. And after I get through talking, they probably want to ban me too. Uh, banning Dave Chappelle. He's a comedian. Uh, I've gotten on Bill Maher about some of the things he said, but that's because now it's part of his politics because he's all against identity politics. You got to watch that. Sometimes these so-called liberal libertarians will start talking about uh, identity politics, which means like, you know, black politics and LGBT community rights and stuff like that. But anyway, uh, he has a right to say what he says. He's a comedian. He has a right to his opinion as well as his jokes, whether you like it or not. Just to be honest with you, you have he has a right to say what he wants to say. If you feel that it's insensitive, okay. I understand that you feel it's insensitive, but again, he is a com uh, comedian. We live in this world so much PC now. It's just ridiculous. You know, like I said months ago, I have problems with all of the, let's change this name and this, and when it has nothing, no substance behind it. I'm going to change ancient Jemima uh, to something other name because now I personally say, yeah, you need to change it because of the image you've put out of black people and that's all wrong, but you've got to be doing it out of sincerity, not out of the spur of the moment or like the Washington football team. You, they've been telling you for years to change the name. You didn't change it. But when the black lives matter start marching the street and that movement got real popular real quick, you said, well, we better drop that name. Cleveland Indians had to drop their name because of the controversy behind it. Same with Dave Chappelle. People out there attacking Dave Chappelle for what he says. They're giving him a hard time for what he said. I personally don't have a problem with it. LGBT community probably going to come after me for saying I don't have a problem with it. But there's sort of a mafia thing. This is something else I talked about in a, a video a couple of weeks ago. I was saying that there's an issue in, our, in the community, uh, especially when it comes to Black Lives Matter, where other groups have attached their priorities to our group. And what they're, what they're presenting is not exactly what Black Lives Matter is fighting for. Because, see, before, like I said in that video, I said before they see your homosexuality, they see your blackness. And black gay folks know this. I mean, remember Steve Baldwin? I mean, Baldwin, he's one of the biggest um, civil rights people in the movement. He was gay. But what did you see first? What did he talk about most of the time? How people see his blackness. Then they discriminated him because he was, he was black and gay. That was a double-edged sword. But like I said, they see your blackness first. And I, I don't like when white people decide what images of black men they want to show. That's why Nas X is as big as he is. No, no offense to Nas X. I mean... I love some of his beats and some of his lyrics are off chain. But the reason why they push certain things is because they're they're trying to decide and manipulate the agenda for their purposes. And I same with Dave now coming out to Dave Chappelle. And that's what Dave Chappelle basically is saying. You know, hey, I gotta write to my opinion and say the things I say, not because I don't dis I'll he dislikes the LGBT community. I don't dislike the LGBT community either. But sometimes you got to listen to the opinion and facts are facts are facts and things are real, real. They can't, I mean, can't change science.
just because you want to label something like, well, we have to be non-gender conforming. Okay, I understand you're non-gender conforming, but that's not the scientific side of the thing. Just like we talk about coronavirus, right? Oops, sorry. Just like we talk about coronavirus, right? You know, COVID-19. So it's okay not to wear a mask, but you need to wear one. But we can't talk about those other issues like sperm and, you know, the fact that women menstruate and some women don't. And there's a different level of understanding there, maybe. Could be. I'm not saying they both aren't women. I'm just saying, just being real. This is an adult subject. Sorry, kids. Kind of brought it up. There are probably some kids listening to this. But so he made some controversial statements. And I, I don't have a problem with it. Now, here, that was my Gen X side right there. You know, I'm talking about Gen X, right? Yeah. So I, 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 to be honest with you, he has a right as a comedian to say something. Because there's some things I have heard comedians say. I just like, whoa, okay. But he's a comedian. There's still funny. Just saying. So I'm gonna end this with this. I hate to end things on a sad or light note, uh, but let's talk about something. This is his thought. You awoke. No speed limit podcast. How's your life going right now? What positive things are going on in your life right now? See, in America, we were so busy talking about politics, and even the day I talked about politics, that I know when you say, "Oh, that's so divisive," it's so divisive. Yeah, that's a problem. What are the things that hold us together? I think about this weekend. We've got football in town. Three football games. Two of them are HBCU schools. Uh, Tuskegee. Uh, Miles College. Uh, Morehouse. Tuskegee's playing Morehouse. And Miles College has a game, I, I think, against... Uh, I forgot the name of the school. Benedict. Uh, so they're going to have a, a their, their homecoming this weekend. Uh, then UAB... It's playing the University of Florida Atlantic or Florida Atlantic University in town. So there are several very important games being played. Football has always to me been that unifying thing. Well, sort of, you know, people cheer for one team and the other team they don't cheer for. But football is a unifier to a certain degree. It hasn't been that it, it, it doesn't matter what race or color you are as long as you cheer for that team. So Christianity should be the same way, right? When I go to church on Sunday, Christians, regardless of where they are, should enjoy worshiping God. And I thought about that today. I was thinking about that as I was singing the song. It was by KB called The Light Song. I saw that song and I thought about You know, I will praise you in my... In my weakest moments, I will praise you in the highest valleys, in the lowest valleys. I will praise you at all days and all time. Praise and worship should be about that. The kingdom of God is about that. It's about worshiping and coming together as people, loving each other, loving God. That's what it should be about. In today's modern Christian world, we've gotten politics caught up in the church so much that it divides us to the point where we compete with other churches for space and time. They've become too corporate. 
So then instead of pastors being able to talk in those corporate churches, they become politically involved. So they have to watch what they say. God may be guiding them to say something, but they're worried about losing that congregation and the money they get from that corporate church that they've created. This is not against prosperity ministers, it's just telling the truth. They sing one that has great singers and, and they have professional bands. They have a professional presentation they give you every week. Yet they can't, they, they, there's only so much they can say. They try to say things that are encouraging and pushing forth. They can't be controversial and say, hey, look at what we're doing and this is wrong. Then there's the other side, the traditional side of the church, which gets stuck in some places. It's stuck on the old ways of doing things to, to a point where tradition outweighs the actual word of God. So you have to watch those things. Catholic Church, Baptist, Methodist Church, the old school churches still singing the same old hymns from 200, 300 years ago, 600 to 1,000 years in the case of the Catholic Church. Just stuck on the old ways. Now, the Catholic Church does, and then so do all these other churches, try to incorporate some modern things and thoughts into what they do, but they're very traditional. Then there's that small denomination of evangelical, white evangelical churches that don't teach really Christian. It's called Christian American patriotism. A sick portion of our United States that teaches things that fight against critical race theory, that fight against wearing masks, that fight against COVID. They're wrapped in the flag instead of the cross, instead of the blood of Jesus. But they'll say they're wrapped in the blood of Jesus. They worship patriotism in the American way of life more than they worship God. Yet they will say it's patriotism to worship God and the flag. Literally, they will say this in their churches. I'm not here to talk against them. Then there are black churches that are kind of bent. Understand, they're fighting for social justice and justice, but they get too caught in the politics of social justice to the point where they invite politicians in the room who may be of questionable background and origins into the congregation to talk about controversial subjects so they can get votes. Both of those things are an issue in the church. Church has to stand for, for Christianity, has to stand for the, for the kingdom of God at all costs. That should be the thing that it stands for most. Incorporations, prophets, none of those things matter to God. Oh, you got 10,000 people at your church and not one of those souls are saved. That could be a problem. I'm not saying that you got 10,000 unsaved souls at your church, but that could be a problem. They aren't being taught, they aren't being fed, but you got 10,000 members. You're a small congregation, but you can't reach everybody because you close the doors in some people's face because they just don't like the traditions you have or you feel like they don't fit into your traditions, right? So you're not reaching people because you, you're too closed off to your traditions and your bylaws and rules that have nothing to do with the kingdom of God. Then there are the youth who are so busy being political, it's corrupting your church. 
you wrapped it in patriotism or social justice at the expense of your Christian values. These are all things that we have to watch. These are all things that are disturbing to me, but I see them in the movement. Then I see young people coming together, worshiping, singing, different races, different political backgrounds, different ethnic groups, different economic groups, singing and worshiping. And I realized those things are where change happens. They ain't worried about politics. They just praising the Lord, coming together, worshiping, longing for the kingdom of God. I thought about something today that's happening in the United States. They killed Jesus and told him that Barabbas was a good choice. Kill Jesus, keep Barabbas. Barabbas was a bad man, a brutal man. But the crime that Jesus had committed, he turned over the money changers in the temple. He touched the economic problem in the church, the greed. That's why he died. See, nobody ever talks about, oh, he died innocent. He was innocent, but he wasn't innocent to them because he touched their money. It had nothing to do with all the words he was saying because, yeah, you might want to put him to death for that. And people were following him. He was getting this huge following. But now I got a reason to kill him because of the money. See, in our country, if we talk about the money, it becomes a problem. It's becoming a problem in the church, not just the money, the flag, the patriotism, the social justice fighting the wrong way. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with social justice fighting, fighting the wrong way. All of it's becoming a problem because we're all forgetting about the kingdom of God. The number one thing is the kingdom of God, the place where we're going to go when we die. All nations worshiping God. There's only one nation in heaven, one nation. God created everyone on this planet. Everyone. There's not anything on this planet he didn't create. So they're all your brothers and sisters. But we don't act like it. We're, we fear the one world order. Well, there's going to be one world order when Jesus comes. The kingdom of God. And those who don't get it, but who aren't quite bad, will walk outside the walls of Jerusalem forever wondering. Wondering what it's like in that wonderful city. If they don't get what's going on on the inside. So the question to me is, are you an insider or are you an outsider? Ask yourself, are you an insider or an outsider? Well, I guess that concludes this week's episode of Thought You're Awoke, No Speed Limit podcast. If you like this and you haven't subscribed, see that little button right there? It's a little button right down there in the corner. Please hit that like button and subscribe. Uh, also share this with others. And please, 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 by all means, comment below. And I hope you all have a wonderful and safe weekend. Enjoy your weekend. And peace.